Hello, and welcome to Boozy Book Reports, a simple podcast where we revisit childhood classics while streaking copious amounts of alcohol. We're your hosts, Beth. And Sam. And this month, we're reporting on The Babysitter's Club, mystery number three, Mallory and the Ghost Cat. Spooky. So spooky. Not... Okay, let's... (laughs) I was a little bit surprised at the spookiness of this, but whatever. Uh, (laughs) But we do actually... I'm super excited because we made beautiful drinks today. And by we, I mean Sam. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So uh, we have two beautiful cocktails tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, They're both kind of twists on classics. Well, one is just, uh, just a classic. And so I guess we'll start with that one. Okay. So, uh, you know, as as many of our, I guess, repeat listeners, all three of you, Wendy, <laughs> Scott, Casey, uh, <laughs> know, um, I got mad horse girl energy. <laughs> and so when Mallory talked in chapter one about how much she liked horses, maybe I put several exclamation points there. <laughs> I was like, I can make every horse-themed cocktail. <laughs> it turns out there's a bucket of horse-themed cocktails. So when we get to another horsey novel later this year... Uh, you know, we'll bust some more of them out. Horse energy go rising. Nay. <laughs> uh, so, but, you know, again, I glommed onto it like I did a horse as a child and I made us a horse's neck, which is a, it's sort of kind of like in the sort of mule kind of family where it's like something and a ginger something, something and ginger beer. So this one's brandy, which is... I used my Mew Cow brand or cognac, which has a cat on it. So appropriate. Perfect. And uh, yeah, it's garnished amazingly. It looks so cute. Yeah. So we got a little crystallized ginger, a little lime wheel and a little bit of orange peel, a little orange zest. So yeah, brandy, uh, bitters and uh, ginger beer. All right. Here we go. It's good. This is different. Yeah. The ginger beer is not as sweet as it could be. I yeah. used Q this time, and normally I use Bundaberg. Mm-hmm. It feels not as bubbly. It could be because uh, through the filming process, I poured it into several glasses. <laughs> so <laughs> might be a little flat. But the flavor's there. Yeah. I, I really enjoy cognac. Uh, I love like a brandy sidecar is one of my favorite cocktails. So I like brandy. I like cognac. This is... Uh, in that wheelhouse, it served a little copper mug, just like all the little <laughs> hipsters. <laughs> it's good. Again, I'm kind of obsessed with the garnish. That is so far like the well, cutest garnish we've had, I think. Thank you. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, so next cocktail. Oh, a beautiful, treat. a treat. So um, this is a twist on a white Negroni. So a Negroni is uh, all the rage right now is if anybody's watched House of the Dragon, Negroni's but Gladiado with Prosecco is, you know, Lovely. what Emma Darcy says. <laughs> and it became like a whole rage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stunning. Stunning. St- stunning. Stunning. Okay. That was horrible. Sorry. Everyone. <laughs> I know. Sorry for the uh, messed up uh, accents. But uh, this is a white Negroni. So at one point somebody wanted to make one without the Campari. And uh, so this is a twist on that. So normally a white Negroni has uh Suze, which is a French liqueur, but I, uh, in our, small town couldn't find Zeus. <laughs> so I went with uh, Galliano. So this is, uh, this cocktail is called Scott the Italian Stallion and is named for my horse abhorring brother-in-law, Scott. So Scott, there's your shout out. Here's your cocktail. <laughs> but it's got um, gin. No, let's gin. It's got uh, Galliano and it's got Lillet Blanc. Bottoms up. Not a fan. Oh, <laughs> not a fan. 
I'm not a Negroni fan either. No. This is it better than like a Negroni. Syrup. Oh, gosh. I never want to try one of those. Wow. Yeah, I don't drink them. My brother-in-law loves a Negroni. Oh. So, but this is not terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, so <laughs> the Galliano is very herbal. And yeah. I think you don't like that. No, it, I feel like I just drank some, like a, a Robotessin that has been like Yeah, the fermented. original flavor, the OG yeah. flavor, yeah. not the cherry. Not cherry, like just straight up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plain. That's basically what it is. Um, yeah, Kevin really liked it. Okay. Uh, again, everyone should know that I'm not a huge drinker. And like really the only time I drink is when I'm with Sam. So I've never tried half of the alcohols that we've ever tasted here. Yeah. It looks cool on your hand. I've never made this before. And normally... I guess you're supposed to make a white Negroni with lemon, but I thought that the Galliano paired better with orange. Mm -hmm. So I did with orange bitters and uh, an orange twist. And so I actually think that was the right choice. Okay. Again, it looks beautiful. Everybody has the rights to their own taste buds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm kind of excited because this is our first Babysitter's Club book. Yeah. I I, I honestly don't think I read that many Babysitter's Club books growing up. I'm realizing now is that as much as a bookworm I am and was, I'm more of a book dragon. I just like to collect. And so I owned this book growing up, but I don't think I ever read it. I think I got it at the Scholastic Fair in like fifth grade and just had it on my bookshelf looking at it. So this was like a whole adventure. Yeah. But to get us started before we get in too deep, we're going to read the back of the book so you know what's going on. So America's favorite babysitters are ghost hunters too. Uh, One night when Mallory is babysitting for the cranes, she hears a cat crying somewhere in the house, but the cranes don't own a pet. So Mallory and the girls go exploring and discover a mysterious white cat hiding in the attic. They name him Ghost Cat. And the mystery is solved, they think. Until Mallory and the girls continue to hear eerie cries coming from the attic. If Ghost Cat is sitting right there with them, who or what is upstairs in the attic? Oh my gosh, terrifying. It does I mean, this is kind of a lot. Like, this came out in 92. Yes. Were you alive in 92? I I was alive in 92. (laughs) Barely. (laughs) Uh, I just always think that you're a baby. But yes. uh, Yeah. So I was 11 when this came out and (laughs) Sam was three. (laughs) I was babysitting Sam. I was in the babysitter. I know. I was the the goo 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 tiny baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was a legit babysitter by this age. Like I had like a babysitting empire. There was like four or five families on my block I babysat for. I was in high demand making like, you know, a dollar to an hour watching infants <laughs> while parents went out Which drinking on the weekend. It's just, it sort of baffles me, but yeah. also doesn't it was, really. It was the early 90s. People, and you know, it was whatever. My great-grandmother had her first child at 14. So like, but I just feel like a lot of moms or parents or people with kids today wouldn't necessarily leave them alone with a fifth grader. I think they don't actually even recommend you just being at home alone as a fifth yeah, grader. Yeah, so the fact that I was like diapering and changing children and putting them to bed was stunning. But I, I think that's why I was so drawn to the Babysitter's Club growing up. I was honestly like as much, I think I had a couple of the books and I know I read at least a couple, but I was obsessed with the original 1990s Babysitter's Club TV series. It I- was 
Oh, I never watched the show. I think it was, it must have been before my time. Yeah. But I, I was kind of uh, amazed by the sheer number of like 1990s call outs that were oh, in yeah. this book. So many it was references. Awesome. Yeah. We're like, yeah, we've got Air Jordan shorts and stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. I think they called out the Ninja Turtles too. They so. did, yes. But it, I mean, if you're interested, I think it's streaming on Hulu right now or like the OG one, of those, one. The OG one. And it's, Again, it was one of those shows that it was on cable and my family didn't have cable, came on Disney Channel. And so I would spend the night and okay, I was a little old, right? So I was not exactly their target market, but whatever. Uh, I would spend the night at my girlfriend's house in like middle school. Mm -hmm. And by this time I was like... I don't know, probably eighth grade. And I remember they had Disney Channel. And so it played early on Sunday mornings and I'm an early riser. So it would be like six o'clock on a Sunday. I would get up. I'd read the newspaper. Everybody's asleep still. And then I would watch. Did you make a cup of coffee and check the stock market? If I read the newspaper, I mean more like, you know, look at the comics. And then I watched Babysitter's Club and they had the amazing theme song and it was just so good. And then they had uh, Babysitter's came out with a movie in the 90s. Did you see that one? I knew about the movie, but I didn't ever watch it. I'll I'll be frank about my uh, feeling towards children. Okay. Which is that I did not babysit. (laughs) I was like all for, I was down to tutor, but I was not ready to babysit. Oh, you didn't have a kid kit ready to go and just like, (laughs) I had a kid kit. My sister did. My, My little sister was like all about that life she yeah. she also did the same thing she in her teens early teens watched a newborn oh yeah and nobody yeah. thought anything yeah she, she she said she mostly just sat there and watched mari yeah. and yeah, the baby that's, slept that's a lot of it yeah okay so we have the babysitters club book series yes we have the original tv show we have the 90s um, movie and then we have the netflix remake did that just have, came out it, a couple years ago it feels like there should be also action figures I don't, I've never like seen action Hasbro, figures. It would be amazing. Feels like Dawn with like a little tree sapling because she's going to plant it and save the planet. Yeah. And Christy with her hat and a clipboard. Yes. Um, I do just want to do a shout out to the Netflix series. It was amazing. I freaking loved it. Alicia Silverstone played one of the moms. So I was Aww. all about that. The girls that were in it were such good actresses. They did a really great job of bringing forward like current issues into the series in like a non-gross way. And it was like, oh, I just loved it. And then they canceled it. I was like, mother truckers. I'm a little depressed now, but that's okay. We're going to get into this book, which actually made me more depressed. So wait. Yeah. So Mallory, Mallory reminded me a lot of you. I literally in the first page wrote Sam <laughs> question mark. It's like she's kind of got red hair and she loves horses. Yes. Is it my friend? Sam? And, and she loves cooking. to cook yeah. and to take care of people. I love cooking. And she's just she's questions all the time. You know, she has yeah. a big like why and like uh, she's very like That's very sweet. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> I mean a version of you. Yeah. Uh save the babysitting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I loved it because Mallory has this giant family and we open up to just the chaos of the Pike House. Yes. And they're making English muffins pizzas, which is a staple in my life. Same. Actually, yeah. so it, it's not a staple in my family, but it's a staple in Kevin's family. Oh. They're called pizza witches and we <laughs> still eat them when we go back to Colorado. Kev's dad will always one day make us pizza witches. Oh my gosh. And yeah. it's like a whole staple. Yeah. yeah. It, it just, I love it. And it's as they were talking about it, like, yes, please. Yes. Also like it just made me laugh because literally on page two, she's talking um, about how she used tomato sauce from a jar because she didn't have time to make it from scratch. I was like, this is Sam. This is Sam. You know about my um, deeply Italian boss chastising me and my other coworker about not making sauce ourselves. 
I mean, I'm we, not surprised. We said we used Rayos, which if you're looking for a jarred Italian sauce, Rayos, we're not sponsored. <laughs> but if Rayos did sponsor me, I'd be so damn happy and I wouldn't even take any money. I'd just take a couple jars of sauce. It's so good. that Especially that they have a two pound jar. Oh, it's perfect for lasagna. But anyway, Rayos, so good. And we told him how good it was. And he went, oh, you don't make your own sauce? <laughs> and my other coworker and I were like, no, we uh, we have jobs. And he's like, oh, but it only takes 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just like, you know how long it takes to open that jar, buddy? Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> a minute. <laughs> I don't think I've ever made sauce. That's that's intense. I've made sauce. I used to make sauce a lot. but uh, And then I found Rayo's and I was like, this tastes better so than what like, I made. Okay, we're so, good. Yeah. I mean, I think the sauce I make is maybe better than like hunts actually mm-hmm. i kind of like hunts the can but like it's better than prego it's better mm-hmm. but but rayos okay knocks it out you of the park. To hear not first but enthusiastically uh, you know who told me this who? we went to like some comedy show when i was living in la mm-hmm. and the guy stopped that he was talking he was in his set and then he was like this isn't this isn't a joke this is just you know <laughs> just a fact <laughs> yeah in, in the words of bimini bon Boulash, not a joke just a fact by rayos it's delicious and so it was so good so back to the pike household yeah they do a really good job so mallory is the narrator of the story she has a great job kind of introducing us to her family yes. it's very large there's 10 of them all together. There's some like triplets. Triplet boys, Oof. which is a lot. Oof, they that. have Vanessa, the poet. It's the dreamy one. Yes. Um, I love, so there's actually a poem, page six. Plates and napkins, forks and knives. These are the settings for our lives. Okay. That's wonderful. I really enjoy Mallory <laughs> just being like, okay. <laughs> all right. Great. She, great. She literally goes, whoa, sometimes Vanessa can really be out to lunch. <laughs> I was like, okay. Again, I feel related, like I would relate to relate to Mallory. I think Mm -hmm. you're right. I think you're right. So she's introducing us to her family and we're seeing snippets of their lives and just kind of the chaos and the parentification of Mallory, which is problematic. On on, uh, page seven, I I circled the whole chunk and wrote eldest daughter. Yeah. Because this this was after like the whole Encanto movie came out and there was like, are you okay or are you just an eldest daughter? It was like a couple BuzzFeed articles. And I I felt, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I remember sitting, watching Encanto by myself in my house. When she starts singing her song, the pressure song, I'm weeping. Like my eyes are, I'm just like, oh, it's needed this release. I really needed this. She's like, it it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There's times where I can't listen to that soundtrack. But anyway, yeah, there's, there is a lot of parentification of, of Mallory, but in some sense, like, that's just the way of it when you have that big of a family. Yeah, you kind of, it just has to happen. And, and a lot of times she she's, you know, I don't know if she's like looking for validation, but she's happy to help. Yeah. And she says she, she loves babysitting for her yeah. family. And she cares for her family very deeply. There's a point later where she's with the cranes and she says she feels almost guilty because she's, you know, enjoying getting out of the house and mm-hmm. she feels like she's not supporting her family as much, but she is enjoying herself. And, and I think that while there is parentification in, especially in this first part, her parents are also still supportive yes. of her getting yes. out. Yeah. And yeah, it just, again, it's a huge family. What are you going to do? Yeah. That's um, just the way. So during the course of the evening, they find out some very exciting news. Yeah. That dad's uncle Joe is going to come stay with them for a bit. And this guy is the bee's knees. I mean, he does magic tricks and he's funny and dad just loves him. Dad is like a super fan. And guess what? (laughs) It does not end well. Yeah. 
it turns out Uncle Joe's not so fun to be around these days. No, not he's at kinda, all. He's kind of crabtacular. And everybody is so excited and it's just so exciting. I mean, a, they are like in a fever oh, pitch to, yeah. get, to get ready for him. And we want to make him art. We want to write him poems. We yeah. want to make a play. We want to do this. We want to do that. And they are. And then Joe comes in. He's like, I need a nap. Like immediately. He's like, I'm going to go to my room. <laughs> Okay, so like I know I know this is like part of the conflict of the story, but also I've been around my f- friends' kids. It's a lot. I've done the salmon summit here in town. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I just I also want a nap oh, after yeah. seeing seven children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've <laughs> I've worked for with kids the majority of my yeah. life, and it's very it. it although I love I love working with kids, I don't want to live with kids. Like it's too much. I the screaming yeah. and the and the going and the constant. They yeah. just say, go, say your name five thousand times in a row and look at me, look at me. And you're just like I am looking with all my all my looks, all my eyes. Yeah, the I whole can, eyes. I cannot make my wise eyes wider. <laughs> I cannot stop blinking. Like I am here. I'm tuned in. I always said that I would be really, you know, for us. I think having our own kids just wasn't in the cards, but I always said that I would love to be an aunt and just be, you know, so excited, do all these cool things, you know, be there when times are hard and they can't talk to their parents, but also at the end of the day, you toodaloo you, or <laughs> after a couple of days you go home. But I do, I do like it. We used to have some friends here in the, in the Tri-Cities that uh, like for their anniversary, their daughters came over and stayed with us and we had mm. a sleepover and stuff. And it was so fun. Yeah. In small doses, it's wonderful. And then there's also times where other friends have come over and they, their kids have come over. And th- when they left, we we just held very still. <laughs> We're yes. like, whoa, they have so much energy. <laughs> yes. My family has an infamous story that they like to tell every holiday. When my younger brother was around, he was a very um, active child. Uh-huh. And I think he was like, I don't know, six or seven. And we were at a family Christmas and my cousin had brought a girlfriend and my little brother is just running around just being himself. And she like he was in another room and there was an ornament on their tree of a picture of him. And she holds it in her hand. She's like, he looks so quiet. <laughs> just like, yeah, there's something about, I don't know, the, the energy that comes with these houses. Like I've had, I had friends growing up that had like 10 siblings and yeah. it was just like a different vibe from like, I had one brother that was a lot right. younger. And so there is an energy and just like kind of a, a pace that comes. That's pretty fun. Um, Kev's family, uh, his dad is one of seven mm-hmm. and his mom is one of five. And whenever we, especially on his dad's side, whenever we get together there, I think they're my, my, like the way I envision their family is the way I, I envision like basically the Fiedlers mm-hmm. running around and they're, they go even to this day. They're, they are just so full of energy. And the minute they all get into the same room, it's just like, it's, it's, it's cacophony. It's a, But I love it. It's amazing. And, you know, there's a lot of noise, but there's a lot of love and there's a lot of, you know, just excitement. Mm-hmm. And, and so I sort of like, yeah, I sort of imagine this as, as like what my husband's family is like, because there's a bucket of them and they're just running around having the, the damn time of their lives. I do have to say for, for chapter one, we get a really kind of nice picture of yeah. Mallory's life quite and their vivid. family. Yeah. It's pretty clear. Even By- chapter two is a, quite a vivid picture of, of like the sort of the club, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the chapter two, they, she's at a club meeting. They, you know, it's kind of, I like the, the one thing I do appreciate about the writer or writers, I should say, because most of these were ghost written, I guess, which mind blown. Um, yeah. Anyway, so 
I think one of the things that's interesting is they kind of lay out how the club works in every book, kind of opportunity. If you've never read a book, you know what's going on. Yeah, you don't have to come in at, at book one. Yeah. And uh, the club is run by Christy, who started the club, who had the big idea for the club. I think book number one is called Christy's Big Idea. Yeah. I mean, it's there. They hold it in Claudia's bath ba- bathroom in her bedroom. And it's because she has her own private line and she always has snacks everywhere. And she's artistic and wonderful. And, um, you know, an Asian-American icon, actually. There's a really good documentary on Netflix about the impact that this character has had ah. on um on society, so yeah, look it up. Uh, but it's it's great, and one of the things is is that if you've never read a Babysitters Club book, which maybe you should, is that the families will call into the club and ask, "Hey, we need a sitter for you know on seven o'clock on Saturday for three kids." They'll be like, "All right, we'll call you back," and then the girls talk it out. Who's going to take them? Yeah, Babysitters Club, Christie and the Magic of Unionization. <laughs> collectivism <laughs> right here. <laughs> so like we could compete oh my or gosh. we could work together and basically have our prices be uniform. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Babysitter's <laughs> Club and, and the readings I mean, of Trotsky. It's... <laughs> It's a, it was, it was, it's, it's a good plan. No, it's a seriously it's a, good plan. I mean, they did good things with it. Uh, and they had an organization. They ran it and they ran it basically as a business. Yeah, I mean, but it, it basically, they took all the competition and said, listen, we're not going to yes. be competition. There's no sense in it. We're, we're going to divide the jobs equally. We're going to have a structure. We're going to have elections. Look at this. It's, it's, I mean, I Babysitter's Club and the Magic of social, <laughs> Socialism. <laughs> I will give Babysitter's Club props for being at least a little diverse too. Yeah, yeah. Because you have, I mean, that doesn't go with like, I'm talking about the, okay. I give them props for being diverse in the book series um, with even with attitudes and thoughts too, because, you know, everybody might not appreciate a union, but I do. (laughs) (laughs) I also appreciate that, you know, Mallory's best friend, they're junior members of the Babysitter's Club. So they're younger and like they have certain rules, like they can't babysit after dark and different things but her best friend is jesse ramsey and they have a whole paragraph about how jesse's family like she sees that they struggled a bit yes yeah i actually i was gonna i was gonna mention the same thing yeah it wasn't all uh there was there was diversity and there was uh you know sort of a recognition of each other's strengths and and the fact that they all come from different backgrounds socioeconomic racial you know, religious, etc. But there, it wasn't the the whole like whitewashed yeah. uh, view of like. And then Jesse was black, and everything was great. Yeah, it was like no, there was some struggle when she came into this town in Connecticut. You know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Shocking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Mallory gets the call to uh, babysit for a new family, the Crane family, and basically, like this family's had an auntie who was Aunt Bud. <laughs> she's wild and free, <laughs> broke her leg, can't watch their three girls for a while. So, Je- or f- so Mallory takes the job. But that's adulthood right there. She, she like, how did she break her leg? She got like tripped by a dog or something, something. Something, yeah. It was something so mundane. This is adulthood. I rode a motorcycle. I got tatted out, broke my leg on the <laughs> stairs. Like that's, I tried sleeping and I threw out my back. Mm-hmm. This is adulthood. It, uh, and I appreciate, I appreciate that it. representation in yes, this Yes, thank book. you. It's like, yes. Uh, <laughs> you, the worst you hurt yourself is like during the most mundane things. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's almost embarrassing. Like there's been times I've stood up too fast and a pain that has shot down my leg that I'm like, do I need to go to the hospital for standing? Maybe. Um, 
Thank you, age. And, you know, not stretching. <laughs> Come over, get on the squat rack. Oh, no, thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so fast forward to the next day. It's Uncle Joe's coming. And the kids are very excited. Lit. They're like, what can we do? We can be dusting. We can be doing this. And it's like, okay, everybody, let's take a breath. Because <laughs> nothing is as, as effective as an excitable kid dusting. <laughs> <laughs> So the kids are all getting ready to go and everybody's excited and Mallory needs to go babysit for this family. So of course her her dad drops her off and they meet the family and you know, do the exchange of like, hey, my, you know, my kid's going to watch your kid. Hopefully nothing happens kind of thing. Every, everybody's so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, it is kind of funny what embarrasses you at that age of like, yeah. dad, you talk to somebody. Stop. Which, <laughs> reading it now and as, as an adult, I was like, that's perfectly reasonable that he met Oh, yeah. Pair. Like, that's not embarrassing Which, at I all. I would say my parents met, like, not even half the people I babysat for. And mm -hmm. I babysat for some sketch people. Like, one time I went, okay, babysitting horror story. So I literally go to this shady side of town that's, like, houses behind some car dealerships. And I go to this house... Again, like I, I never heard of them before. It was like a friend of a friend recommended me. I go in. The kids are watching The Crow. The parents leave. What? Yeah. And they don't even have like. And wait, a, how old were the kids? They were like mm, eight and too maybe young like. Be, oh my god. Ten something yeah, like that. Way too young to be watching. The and girl. this is this like kind of rundown house, which that is not the point. But the point is, is that the door didn't have a lock; it had a padlock. And so you had to padlock it from the inside, and I was like. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die here tonight. <laughs> and the kids were obsessed with the crow. Like, I think we watched it one and a half times. And I'm watching it like, what is going on? died? Yes. That? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yes, very much so. And anyway, and I didn't have a car. So I was like 14 and got dropped off. And uh, no, my mom dropped me off. And I'm pretty sure she just dropped me and like drove off. Like, did not come out of <laughs> Bye. <laughs> see you at 1030. This <laughs> <laughs> sketch. <laughs> like, and it was like, there's no cell phones. Like, I didn't even have the people's mm. number, I don't think. Like, it was a mess. But I made it out of it, clearly. But Mallory has a much better time. Like, the girls love her instantly. They're hanging out. But something something's awry in the crane house. There's a sound. There's a sound and they're trying to figure out what it is and, and where it's coming from. And it's this, this meowing sound. And the girls are like, oh, we don't have a cat. And then Mallory's mind just gets you know, goes into some tangent of, of, okay, it's haunted. It's a haunted yeah. cat. Obviously. That's, this, the, that's the next line of. It of, couldn't possibly be that a cat, like we had a cat that literally, the reason we got that cat was because the cat got pregnant and then broke into somebody's house and had her babies under somebody's oh, bed. So like, yeah, when you're young though, that's like where your mind goes. It's like, obviously ghost cat. Ghost cat ghost cat and so so she was pretty taken aback but she, it instantly kind of leaves her mind because she's so excited that uncle joe's going to be home when she gets back yeah like she is super stoked not not what she expected though no no it's a real disappointment for everybody including the the mom and dad which which uh mallory i think maybe as us because of her parentification or whatever she's very close with her with her parents and she sort of even sees the you know the crestfallen looks of her father mm -hmm. when he tries to interact with Joe, with Uncle Joe, who he who he really like idolized. Oh yeah, and I think he was so excited to like show um, show Uncle Joe like his family and have him be in love with his kids, like he's in love with his kids. Yeah, I do have to say one thing I loved about the kids was um, on page forty six, the triplets were rapping, um, which oh I, my I would now like to perform for you. <laughs> 
We're the Rappin' Pikes, and we're here to say we're hip, we're deaf, we're cool in every way. I'm Byron, I'm Adam, I'm Jordan, I'm Nick. For a real Hapton dude, just take your pick. That is... Uh, that was one of the 90s moments yeah. where I was like... Yep. <laughs> I can't tell you how many raps I said, like, my name is Beth and I'm here to say I'm really cool in every way. <laughs> have, you, have you ever seen the SNL skit where they talk about... Uh, you know, needing to respect your elders in, in hip hop, and no. then they go to the elders and they're like, the hibby, the hibby, the hibby, <laughs> hibby, hibby. <laughs> it's all very like Grandmaster Flash. <laughs> I mean, that's some good stuff. Old school. <laughs> Old school. Uh, so Uncle Joe comes, mom is like, hey guys, you know, we have to eat the blandest food. We have to eat the food. blandest food ever. <laughs> it has so to sad. all be white with no seasoning. Oh, Just girl. And it really was like rough. good before that. The food that they had, I mean, again, was, they had yes. pizza witches. That's like the, the <laughs> culinary peak. <laughs> so I, I do have to say that uh, this book, although long for a child, is not long in story. No. Like it's a lot a little bit a lot of the same, you know. They're the kids are really struggling with trying to figure out a way to interact with Uncle Joe to get him to be involved. He does not seem to be happy for them. At some point he says, I had as much of this tomfoolery as I can take, which yeah, has it's to a, burn. He's like kind of rude. At, at one point, she like tries to, uh, Mallory tries to introduce Uncle Joe to her friend. And all he can say is like, the youth don't respect their elders. And it's just like frustrating for them. And she and she finds herself sort of a, a bit resentful, right? They've had to change their lives. They've had to change their diets. They've, you know, they have to be quiet all the time. They can't mm -hmm. just enjoy themselves. And obviously the, the, the family is quite boisterous beforehand. And they're having to be quiet yeah so yeah there's just a lot of uh, these interactions that don't go great with uncle joe yep. at the same time mallory is babysitting more for the crane family and uh again having many encounters with the ghost except they find out it's a cat really quick like really quick yeah i i, I, <laughs> I was like mystery of the ghost cat excuse you solved. solved we're halfway through the book and we found a white cat in the attic Ooh, shocking I'm like, I uh, well, that's over. I, I literally was like, uh, okay, what's, what's going to happen in the next half? Yeah, what's the what's the fifty fucking pages for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about Uncle Joe some more. Cool, cool, cool. Maybe rebrand yeah. this book. Uh, that <laughs> was Mallory kind of... and the struggle of old age. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory and the the generational trauma but... of aging. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I was kind of like, okay, where do we go from here? And basically, Mallory, they go investigate the attic again, and they find find some old letters, and they and are pictures. and pictures, and they're reading through them. And this this old man was obsessed with his white cat, who looks just like Ghost Cat. And um, we should we should though, uh, f I think. F First, we, at this point, we yeah. we do need to say we are not poo pooing being obsessed with your cat. Oh, are we gonna go there? Because <laughs> we're, yeah, we're we're obsessed with our cats. Yeah, I love my cats. So I, I I went to Sam's house today actually, and I was like, I I love Sam. I love hanging out with Sam. I love talking with Sam. I didn't. I ignored her for the first ten minutes because I just was trying to snuggle her cats. Yeah, I just ran around trying to put liquor in boxes, <laughs> trying to get stuff over here, and I was just You're all like, over Merlin. Your cat's so light. <laughs> Her cats are so cute. And well, my cat is a chonk. Like she's love her. She's freaking huge. And I, I think she's dainty. But then when I held another cat, I'm like, she's, she is she has dainty she's wrists. So big. Yeah. But she's dainty wrists. No, I'm I'm not saying she's chonky. Your cat could definitely beat up my cat. Oh yeah. She like, could beat up me. <laughs> yeah. She's terrifying. She, she's 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 a big girl. 
But and like she's not she's not fat fat. She's just she's you know. a big girl. But your cats are so cute and they're they are pretty lovey dovey. Like you especially Gizmo, you can just just put Seriously. your face and throw him around and you snuggle him in every way. You can his belly and yeah. he will not stop you. <laughs> he will not. He actually, I think, likes it. Oh, yeah. He is a monster and I just go, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> I would pay you $5 to try a kiss for Telly's stomach. No, I, I would like to keep my face. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> no. I'm like literally covered in for Telly bite mark scars. It's fine. You just got me into a real skincare program. <laughs> yeah, I don't, don't want to like ruin, ruin this. Uh, yes. So this guy is really obsessed with his cat, yeah. you know, get it. Like, I I think I annoy my friends. I mean, people bring up my cat so much now at work. They're like, oh, how's your cat? I'm like, okay, I don't even ask you how your children are, how your life is. And you're asking me about my cat. Like, this is okay. Okay. I don't feel like I talk about it that much, but I mean, I do have multiple but pictures I, of her at work. And I do think for Telly's more interesting than some of our coworkers' children. I mean, no hate, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's a lot of amazing things. Like, like I have some good stories. I love, I love some of our friends' kids, but some of our kids are real hard right now yeah. in puberty and teenager mm-hmm. years. And every time you try to talk to them, they just say things like "brokey" <laughs> and "epic." I don't know what that means. Too much. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But I do know on page eighty nine, it's so part of the babysitters club is some of the chapters start with letters. Oh, I thought, and it's yeah. the best cats. Cats, cats. Has the world gone cat crazy? Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> Love it. Yes. And, and, indeed. Yes. That, that's the next poem. That's the yes. next poetry short. Cats, cats, cats. Has the world gone cat crazy? Yes. 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 <laughs> and it's wonderful. It's lovely. So Don gets involved in some point in trying to figure out if the cat is a ghost or not. This, this was my favorite part. There is few things more than I, that I like than a child talking authoritatively about <laughs> bullshit. I love it so much. It's like Dawn came in and was like, yep, I think, you know, she like basically slapped the side of the cat and was like, got a ghostie here. Like, it was so good. She this had, is my favorite part. She had like instrumentation and she yeah. had, she, at some point she like says some facts or something. And I was just like, cite your source woman. Like, cause it was just so. You don't need to. Wild. She's got, she's got the talk box that they use on like ghost hunters. Yeah. She was like, all right, we got a test here. <laughs> we got a test for the, for the footprints. We got to see if the footprints oh are real. We're going to put flat. Hour down because if it's a ghost, you won't see the foots. <laughs> oh, and then they put the string. It's like, oh, the, it. the ghost will not will be able to break through it. So she blasted through. Like, oh the my gosh. cat was like very real, very very real, and it's so real in fact that it belonged to someone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. And its name wasn't Ghost Cat; it was Resputin, which it's kind of a cool. It's a cool name. If I, I would just sing to the cat the whole time. Oh, I just like rah rah Rasputin, never love the Russian king. Meow 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 meow. I feel like the cat would so so appreciate that. <laughs> so oh, Dawn, Dawn did her ghosty tests, but at this point, the, like they're starting to pick up on some stuff with Joe, right? They're starting to. Oh see- yeah, this is when Joe really starts like having issues. Beyond and, just cranky issues. Yeah. So they, they they sort of talk about some things that had happened. And, and I, I wrote at one point, dementia, question yes. mark. And then on the next page, I wrote Alzheimer's, question mark. Mm-hmm. And then turns out it's more than just the generational trauma yeah. of aging. It's the generational trauma of 
degenerative disease. Yes, which they actually do a really good job of explaining it in the book in a kid-friendly way. Yeah. And it, at, there's a point where the kids are noticing it. There's a couple of events that happen that are Joe goes, Uncle Joe goes missing. A neighbor has to bring him home. Yeah. There's an incident where he like gets dressed up for Sunday church and it's at like, like 10 p.m. Yeah. And it, yeah. one of the girls gets upset. And so they realize that they're really not the place to give him the care that he needs. Yeah. That's hard because uh, because the family obviously... You know, they've they've at this point have also had started to have some breakthroughs with Joe. Yeah. Where the you know, they they see Nikki sitting on his lap and he's making the little handkerchief chip oh, mouse yeah. for him. And and so there's this it's this sort of bittersweet moment where they've started to have some breakthroughs with Joe, but then they realize also that in some sense that Joe's standoffishness isn't necessarily because he's, you know, a grumpy old guy or because dad's memories of him were wrong, but rather he's really struggling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to watch, you know? Yeah. I have, I have a family member that is, has dementia and it's progressing and it's, yeah, it's challenging when they, they don't know you anymore, you know, yeah. and, or it takes them a minute to place you in their lives. And yeah. um yeah, it's it's not a fun process for anyone no. involved. No. Especially the caretakers. It's really challenging. <sighs> yeah, that, that one is really hard. My grandfather had Parkinson's before he passed. And his, his like, his mind was still there, though. He got fuzzier as the time went on. Um, but, you know, that decline is really, it's hard mm-hmm. to, to be part, you know, to watch and to see and to... And and I think I I felt really bad for the dad because the dad had all these great memories of Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe was the like you said earlier, he's the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. He's like the coolest uncle. He does all this cool stuff with the kids. He you know he told all these great stories. And then he you know he's the one that's like you said the, it's hard on the caretaker. He's the one that sits there and watches, you know the 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 shell of of yeah. the once great uncle. Yeah. And they have to make a really hard decision. They decide that he has to go into a more of an assisted living facility. Yeah. And the kids are pretty upset about it. Joe packs his bags. He's like, bye. (laughs) Well, he like, I think he was a bit sad. He was sort of like, well, I'm just getting used to you. And and we're finally like making some headway. Yeah. But he is also like, I'm not going to roommate. I'm going to shit talk him (laughs) because he cheats at Scrabble. (laughs) Which... you know, it was nice because in a in a few weeks they were able to go visit him. Yeah, um, which has one of my favorite scenes. So like Joe, they see their uncle in a very different way because he's again he's it's just a safer place for him. I loved it again when he was talking crap about his his roommate. Oh my god, me too. He cheats a scramble. <laughs> <laughs> and then they they go to dinner and. Um, Mallory is sitting next to Uncle Joe. So he leans over and she realizes that he has hot sauce that he's putting on all his food. And he's like, I can't stand bland food. A nurse brought me this. And it was just oh my, like... I, asses would have been chapped <laughs> so mad. Oh my God. He's like, I ate plain you, potatoes for three weeks. Like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my mom, my my mother-in-law, and actually my mom too, they're they're on much more and my dad, my dad used to eat so much hot food and now, you know, mm-hmm. age and time has taken that. Uh but like every time I go back and I realize they have the hottest thing they have is like Ortega taco sauce. And I'm 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 stuck eating salt, pepper, and Ortega taco sauce for a week. We well, my brother and I have started bringing our own bottles of like Cholula. Well, and I do have to say, I was at work, Sam and I worked together. I come out for for 
lunch and I'm say I'm sitting with another coworker and they have like a whole table of food and sauces and so many containers. I'm like, oh, you guys have a real spread. And the person Sam sitting with is like, that's all Sam's. And it was literally no less than five <laughs> sauces, no less than like eight containers. I it was amazing. I just want to tell you that a coworker asked me if she could use my salad dressing this weekend. <laughs> and I said, absolutely. You can always use my salad. Let me tell you, a real, a, a real uh, sort of, uh, you know, changing point in my life was Beyonce's formation song because I realized that it was okay to Mm -hmm. keep hot sauce in your bag. And Mm -hmm. not only was it okay, it was swag. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was like, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) You mean these tiny packets Uh. of Cholula I'm just carrying around is like, cool, (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Okay, speaking of not awesome was the way this book ended. Yeah, it was kind of a letdown. It was such a letdown. So Mallory, so Uncle Joe's good. Mallory goes back to the crane's house and it's the day that Rasputin's, aka Ghost Cat, their owner is going to come pick him up. Yeah. Or it up. I don't know if they ever said it was male or female, but whatever. More cuddly when you say his name. That was was where we were. Yes. Again, they'd found all these letters. It sounded like that was going to be the next mystery, right? Like, no, they find the letters. They figure out who the the owner is. They give the cat back. The owner kind of looks like the dude in the pictures, and that's it. They oh, the owner the owner gives each one of the girls and Mallory a five dollar bill, which they're all enamored with. Well, and and then they the the cranes get another cat. Yeah, Tinkerbell. Yeah, and that was it. Uh, you know, mm, we, I was misled. We got Chenoa a chebate here, so. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's this book called Things Fall Apart, and (laughs) we had to read it in high school. But there's a point at the end, which if you haven't read Things Fall Apart and you're like planning on doing it, maybe just like skip forward 10 seconds. But, um... Chinua, the, the main character of Conquo, shit has gone bad. And instead of dealing with the shit, he just goes and kills himself in the evil forest. Okay. And that's the end of the book. No. The end. And we used to joke that like Chinua Achebe just got tired of writing this book. Mm-hmm. And granted, we're a bunch of idiot 16-year-olds reading this book. We probably didn't understand all the depth. But like... That was this. Yeah. Anne M. Martin, Chinua Achebe does. Yeah. She got tired. She said, this plot sucks. Turns out it wasn't really about a ghost cat at all. Again, uh, like the Babysitter's Club Mystery 3, Mallory and the Beauty of Collectivization. Uh. Babysitter's Club Mystery 3, (laughs) Mallory and the the trauma of degenerative disease. (sighs) That was the book. That was the book, yeah. It, it was, a. I mean, again, Mallory. midway through when it was already solved, I was like, it was rough. Um, And again, can't say much more. That was, that was it. That was, that was the story. Yeah. I kept waiting to say, like, is there a part two? No. I, like, I got to the end and I was just like, no, no, no. I just had nothing? a, I had a preview for the next one, which seemed like a real page turner. Uh, yeah. Which one was yours? Mine was Christy and the Missing Child, which, I, which. Great, but Christy and the failing of law enforcement. Like, (laughs) what's happening? (laughs) So, there's some positives about this book. One thing I thought was really well done in this book was. If I was a kid and I was learning how to babysit, there were some good tips and tricks in here. Yeah, I actually agree about that. I wish, in some sense, I like didn't really like kids enough enough to like do that when I was this age. But mm-hmm. like, had I known, I would have read these. Yeah. There were some. She had like lots of um lots of tips for like distraction or yep. like how to get a kid from crying yep. or like when a kid misses their mom. Here's how you. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. very good. They had again some nuggets. I thought they did a really good job about talking about Alzheimer's with kids. 
it's like a way to explain it in a way that age appropriate and to give it some understanding and and from a kid perspective in many ways. They handled, uh, again, the race thing pretty well. They related some of what was going on with Uncle Joe to what was going, had happened to Claudia's grandma who had passed by that time and had had a stroke. And so when Mallory was trying to figure out what's wrong, she's like, is it a stroke? Is it something else? And so it was like, okay, we have some reasoning skills and some thinking things through. One thing I appreciated was that uh, Mallory, I, I, I related in this point a little bit where Mallory was really frustrated and she was sort of venting her frustration about Uncle Joe and like that he's not he's not very nice and things. And her friend points out, you know, I, I think it is Claudia who who says, you know, this is a lot like when my grandma came through. It was, you know, these similar things. And and she had a moment of introspection and kind of went back on and like yeah. sort of recanted her you know, position. And I thought that was like, it was nice. Yeah. It showed that you could change and grow. And I think that, that the babysitter's cubs does that stuff really well. I think storytelling low lacking. Yeah. But you're like 13 and, or less than well, that. Well, you're probably like, like 10. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight or nine or 10 reading this. And like maybe plot development and like, you know, I, a lot of eight year olds are like, there was no denouement. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a not a real complaint. <laughs> I didn't really feel like this oh adhered to the hero's the hero's journey. I mean, true. And a lot of us were just collecting Babysitters Club books. We weren't even reading yeah, them. Yeah, again, just they were them. running this shit like Hasbro <laughs> collectors. They're like, you want the TV? We'll oh give it to you. Gosh. You want the movie? We'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. You want to send in three fifty at the back of the book? Were you tempted? I was. Oh tempted. my gosh! When I was a kid, looking. I mean, first of all, I. I always tempted now to see what oh, happens geez. if you send six. I think return to sender. There's no. Do you way ever wonder are... though what happens if you send an e- a letter and an email? Now you wouldn't send an e- well, you would send an email now, but if you send a letter to Scruff McGruff, oh my gosh, Chicago, say- Illinois six zero six five two. Oh, I bet they still have. that. Do you think so? No, but you know, maybe. Who knows? The song is imprinted in my oh, brain. Absolutely. As soon as you said, could you imagine sending? I'm like Scruff. McGuff, Chicago, Illinois, 60, See, I said the wrong zip code. So it doesn't I matter. I think we could, we're probably both wrong. <laughs> probably three. Okay. So we need to rate this. So I think it's okay to like it. I liked it. I, in general. So, in general, yes. Uh, okay. At the age I am at now, I, it wasn't, there were other books that we've read that have actually been like kind of page turners mm-hmm. where uh, I think Remember Me was like that, where I like couldn't put it down. It was mm-hmm. quite good. This is obviously not that. That <laughs> is the cat real? Oh, I guess the cat's real. You find out on the next page. Yeah. Uh, but I, I do think that there's that it's still a good book. I, I really love the interaction between uh, Mallory and her family. I love the interaction between the Babysitter's Club girls together. Overall, I think that I would give this, I don't know, it wasn't that good, but it was okay. Okay, I'm going to rate it in two ways, which I think might might help. Maybe this will help you. Okay. So for story and for like plot and, and the book, you know, it gets two out of 10 emergency numbers. Okay. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like, like mm. okay. But for like age appropriate information, explaining difficult topics. If I had a child or a niece or a nephew, would I give this to them? Absolutely. And for that, I give it, you know, probably eight out of 10, you know, American Red Cross emergency <laughs> preparedness cards. <laughs> so you're like babysitting, you know, yeah. readiness card. I would rate this for story. Yeah. 
it's two hairballs, not, yeah. not my cup of tea. For like, again, like you said, information and all of that, I would go with, um, I don't know, two ghost hunters. Uh, like A talk box? A talk box. Oh. Maybe like one of those machines that beeps just at everything. So that you're like, <laughs> is this an energy? I don't know. And maybe it's some night, night vision glasses. Oh, it's always night. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's yeah. good. It's good. It's okay. That's a like, collection okay. of useful stuff. Yeah. Just, you know. Okay. So there we go. That was the Babysitter's Club. If you're interested in like hearing more about Babysitter's Club books, there's a really great podcast called Stuck in Stony Brook that they're going through all the Babysitter's Club book. They have a great Instagram. It's so cute. It's very nostalgic. It's very well done. So next month is June. And in celebration of Juneteenth, we are reading The Skin I'm In by Sharon G. Flake, which I've never read before, but it is an award-winning book about um, an African-American girl. And um, that's all I know about it. So I'm kind of excited. I didn't read a lot of Black literature growing up as a kid. I am a Black person, so but I was raised in an area that was not very diverse. And so I'm kind of excited to see kind of like what comes up. Yeah, I'm so. I'm excited to learn and excited to... I hope we can do this book justice. But everybody keep your expectations low for the episode. Yeah, okay? The book is award-winning. <laughs> the report we is... We are, are not. Uh, 127 in Norway. <laughs> Oh. Thanks, uh, Norway. Yeah. <laughs> so anywho, if you are enjoying the show and would like to support us, you can share episodes with your friends and family. You can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at The Boozy Book Report. And you can make the drinks, oh. get some books, and especially for Juneteenth, read along with us. Yeah. We, we want to hear your thoughts, comment. You be, could become a, a review as uh, my great aunt Linda's comments <laughs> became a review. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Please. So, yeah. We we like that kind of interaction. Yes. Yeah, so thanks for listening and happy reading. Yay.